Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one merciful page of Talmud each day. Today's page, Bavakama 103, is fascinating. Here's the main question it raises. One who robs another of an item having the value of at least one puta and takes a false oath to the robbery victim, claiming his innocence, and then later wishes to repent, must bring the money, which includes the principal together with an additional one-fifth payment, to the robbery victim, even if this necessitates following after him to a distant place like Medea. The robber may not give the payment to the robbery victim's son to return it to the robbery victim, and neither may he give it to his agent, but he may give the payment to an agent of the court. Imagine that. Jim steals Bob's money, let's say. Bob comes knocking. Hey, Jim, he says, did you happen to see my cash lying around? Nope, says Jim, lying willingly. I didn't. If that's the case, the rabbis tell us, Jim has some real repenting to do, and he must personally return the money to Bob, not to Bob's kids or to Bob's wife or to anyone acting on Bob's behalf, but to Bob himself. And this is true even if Bob happens to be in Medea, a part of the ancient Persian empire by which the rabbis meant to say somewhere far, 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 far away. This makes perfect sense. If you stole something and then lied about it, and it's likely that your lies will dissuade your victim from trying to retrieve his cash usefully because, hey, after all, you've assured him that you have no idea where his money is, totally throwing him off the scent. If you did all that, then you have to repent. And repenting means delivering the money you thieved in person, even if it means getting on a plane and traveling halfway across the earth to meet your victim where he is. Hallelujah. So nice, so right, so reassuring. You have to say sorry in person. You have to make an effort. You have to show you mean it. We all get it instinctively. And it would have been the easiest page of Talmud ever to study if it weren't for that last little line. But he may give the payment to an agent of the court. Come again? Why? One minute, the Talmud is telling us that a repentant robber has to spare no expense and follow his victim to the furthest corners of the globe. The next, the rabbis are far more forgiving and lenient. So, Jim, you could catch that 14-hour flight to Yehopitzville to meet Bob and pay him back and tell him how sorry you are. Or, you know, you could just walk into your nearest government office, drop the bag of cash in a desk, say, my bad, and skedaddle along. One is the hardest thing imaginable. The other is the easiest. Why present them both as valid and equal alternatives? Rabbi Asher ben Yechiel, a 14th century scholar known as the Rosh, gave us a fascinating explanation. First, he said, the rabbis instructed us about the right thing to do. Obviously, you should make that effort. But then they gave us that other easier option, a form of takanat hashavim, or a ruling to benefit repentant sinners. Because, they realized, you don't want to make repentance too difficult. The purpose of a system of justice isn't to cancel humiliate, and obliterate a person who is guilty of transgression. The purpose is to get that person to mend their ways and return to society. 
So while we can only hope that the robber takes time and care and effort to seek out his or her victim and return the money in person, we also have to deliver a much easier alternative that gives hesitant sinners a fast track to forgiveness. It's a lesson that those of us who feel themselves on fire with righteous anger would do well to keep in mind. Sometimes we look at political opponents or cultural figures we can't stand or people who see the world very differently from us and we want, to borrow a modern and awful phrase, to see them canceled, silenced, disappeared. We revel when our foes are shamed and exposed. We see sin as a zero-sum game. Slip up and you're out. No possibility of repentance. The rabbis, bless them, knew better. A truly just society, they understood, isn't one that decides on its mores and then wipes out anyone who doesn't comply. It's a society that allows those who get it wrong the chance to get it right and makes it as easy as is humanly possible to repent and return. Let's learn from our wise ancestors and tell even those who wronged us that they could just swing by the office and drop off their apologies at their earliest convenience. We will all feel much better that way. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.